Hey everyone, welcome to Black, Married, and in the Military, a podcast that explores unique experiences, challenges, and even triumphs of military life. I'm Teresa Alexis, known as the Military Bride Strategist, and I'm your host. Today I am here with Andre, who is an Army veteran, and he's going to be talking to us about facing fear, mental health, and how all of that contributed to the birth of his business, American Wood Picks. He's going to introduce himself and then tell us about his topic. All right. Uh, I'm Andre Bonhart, uh, combat veteran with the Army, uh, also the founder of American Wood Picks. And uh, today I just, you know, kind of want to talk about my experience about being black in America uh, and black in the army. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of talk about some uh, fear of mine that I'm, I'm you know, facing today. Uh, so, so go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so I'm, I'm gonna start this off. Uh, you know, I went to the military 2011 uh, to 2014, I have one tour in Afghanistan. Um, that's where I received my CIB. It's like, you know, my pride and joy, you know, having received my combat infantryman badge. Um, I always wanted to join the military uh, ever since I was young. You know, um, I wanted to be a part of people I thought were, you know, honest, real, uh, not judgmental. You know what I mean? You know, you, yeah. you, I wanted to feel a part of that family, you know what I mean? Because I, I don't, you know, although I had a lot of support with my mom and other family members, but I never had that support with, with men, you know what I mean? Um, right. Or outside of my family. Um, so, you know, I thought I could find that in the military. And like I said, it was, it was you know, one of my childhood dreams. Uh, you know what I mean? Two childhood dreams was... Uh, to join the military and become an actor. And I think I, you know, I was like, hey, you know, I gotta, I gotta go with the one that's more <laughs> reasonable, I guess. <laughs> you know. And um, you know, I feel like I was, I feel like I was, you know, great at being a soldier. You know, I I loved it. Um, but I wasn't prepared for um, you know, how it would change me. And uh you know, and I think that's where, you know, when I actually joined the military and, you know, being the only black guy in my platoon and, um, you know, you, you, you face racism, <laughs> you know what I mean? You face discrimination, you, you face uh, people not liking you because of, you, you know, your race. You know what I mean? That's an unfortunate truth. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and um, I wasn't prepared for that. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't prepared to feel uh, rejected and, and, and something that I felt like I was really, really good at. You know, uh, I wasn't ready to feel like less of a person, you know what I mean? And then, uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, go ahead and jump into, you know, some of the changes. And uh, prior to the military, I consider myself very outgoing you know, party type, I go into a room, you know what I mean? And I'm blend, blending in with everyone, talking with everyone. And, uh, you know, I grew up dancing. So dancing was my thing, you know. Um, but then, the, you know, I got into the military and it was just kind of like no place for that. You know, it was like, you know, you can't be this man, you can't be this macho man, you know, or this, this fighter, this war, you know, this, this, um, this soldier that's prepared for war and, and have the mentality that you have. That's, that's how I felt. You know what I mean? I felt like I did not belong. Um, not because I wasn't good at being a soldier, but, um, because I'm not, I wasn't quote unquote manly enough for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I grew up, Prince George's County, Maryland, you know, we didn't do no hunting. We didn't do no field stuff. You know what I mean? We didn't do none of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I got into, you know, my platoon and you know, that's all these guys talked about was hunting, you know, and stuff that I just couldn't relate to. The only thing that we could relate to with each other was uh, drinking. Drinking was a big thing, you know? Uh, so I only... I, I, I kept that away from everybody. You know what I mean? I, I, I suppressed that. I suppressed that happy, 
go lucky, you know, that carefree person that I once was, I suppressed all that uh, in order to adapt to being this soldier, to being this serious person, to, you know, not expressing myself, not being creative, you know, uh, and, and it, you know, it only, and, and it took, a, it took a lot away from me. And I think the only time I was that person was when I drank. The only time I was happy, the only time I was, you know, like, that creative person that I, you know, I was, um, the only time I was that person, like I said, is when I drank and, uh, you know, that took, that took a lot away from me. You know what I mean? It, it, and you know, when you drink, you know, you build up a tolerance mm-hmm. and you drink more, you know? Um, so yeah, and that's, that's, you know, that's kind of like why I had, you know, my down spirals when, you know, my drinking and stuff like that. Um, another issue that I had was, uh, you know, my sexuality. So even if I was accepted, you know, being this black man, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, my sexuality wasn't accepted. You know what I mean? They, you know, they, they say, hey, you know, gay people have no place in the military. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or they not strong enough or they not hard enough. Or they can't do what I can do. So I wanted to prove them wrong, but I had to prove them wrong by taking away who I was as a person. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wanna I wanna add to that a little bit because it's 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 real unfortunate, but number one, you're not the only one. And number yeah. two, like I've seen so many times where people will be like, well, I don't agree with the lifestyle. So I'm just gonna like shut them out completely. And it doesn't matter if you agree with the lifestyle or not. I don't agree with the lifestyle, but I would lay down my life for somebody regardless of their personal preference because it's a per- personal preference. Right. The same way I would if I didn't know what this person's preference was. But I think for people when they feel like, oh my God, I know, I'm gonna feel like, oh, they're gonna try to be looking at me or touch me. Nobody, usually nobody's thinking that but you, like the person who's crazy. But you know, (laughs) none of that matters. This is a brotherhood and a sisterhood. And one of the things I know I was excited about was the fact that well, I know a lot of people will say something about this, but you know, the repeller don't ask, don't mm-hmm. tell. Because for me, it's just like, okay, so you're going to kick the people out of the military who are gay, but you're going to let the people who raping folk stay in and like keep their rank. Like mm-hmm. I'm trying to see how that would make sense. You know, it's like, make it make sense for me. So you're going to isolate this group of people over here, but not like have harsher, I would say, repercussions for these other people. And so, and people try to say that's not the same thing. It really is the same thing, honestly. And honestly, it's it's worse over here because this is just based off of personal preference. Other people are psychopaths, you know, And it says, that's the thing, you know, um, you have these people who come in and they join the military and they're not used to that. They don't see it. All they know, all they know is stereotypes, what they think someone is, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not feminine or nothing like that. So, you know, unless you knew me, you wouldn't, you couldn't tell, you know, or unless I told you, uh, but that's, that's the issue there. You know what I mean? You have these people who think that, Oh, this is what a gay person is. Oh, this is what a, you know, a black person is supposed to be, you know what I mean? Or this is what a rapist is supposed to be. You know what I mean? Right. Or, or you know, is you have all these people who, who just, they don't know. They used to a small little bubble and they get into the military and you interacting with all these different people, different cultures and stuff like that. And uh, a lot of times when people don't understand something, they're against it. Right. Right. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because the military presents this kind of acceptance of everybody and mm-hmm. you know and they they try to make it be like this is the foundation of who we are but then when you get in there you realize like oh this is kind of a lie <laughs> exactly exactly it's almost like just checking the box or just reading the script right you know what i mean it's not really and don't get me wrong like i 
pride myself on having served my country. You know what I mean? I pride myself on having experienced combat and earning my CID and being that soldier. You know what I mean? Being that leader. Um, and I, I pride myself on my accomplishments. You know, I've accomplished a lot, um, you know, and learned a lot from being in the military. But yeah, like, you, you know, it's just checking the box. It's, it's all the stuff that they don't tell you. You know what I mean? Or, um, you know, uh, or they say, hey, you know, we got EO involved. So now if you feel discriminated against, you know, you go file an EO complaint. But how how effective is that? How effective is that? Because one, the military is small. You go file an EO complaint. First of all, you got to go above and beyond to prove that you've been discriminated against because they can always say, hey, I do this to all my soldiers. <laughs> you right. Know what I mean? or, or like, oh, well, he's not following orders, direct orders. And who's going who's going to? Who's going to protect you? Who's going to protect you? Because rank is everything, right? Rank is everything. So who's going to really protect you? And who's going to go against their NCO or go against that pride, you know, especially something like that, especially if they don't like you already, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, or they have you know. their own bias. Uh, another thing too is, okay, hey, they take care of that person. That person gets uh, sent to a different unit or whatever. The military is small. Everybody talks. So everybody knows that, hey, oh, this person just got this person in trouble. So now we're going to make this person like extra hard, you know, and be on top of them, you know, and give them Article 15s and counseling statements and blah, blah, blah. So who's so it really? Bad. It's so bad. And it's so <laughs> sad that that is so accurate. And I know we're talking about Black experiences right now, but I know there's a whole lot of people who can attest to that, you know, because it, it, it sucks. I don't know how many times I requested masks. You know, I don't be playing with people. It's like, <laughs> I don't just say I'm a request mask. Like I'm actually requesting masks. So I did it to get the rank of corporal E4 because it was a dumb reason why, why they weren't going to give it to me. And so my first duty station as this new job, cause I was in, I was lap moving. I was in the schoolhouse and I went from E3 to E4 mm -hmm. requested masks to get that. And then I got to my new unit and they already knew. I didn't know anybody there. Right. But they knew me. Yeah. Oh my gosh, she like requests masks around here. Let me look. It's like, oh, let's walk on eggshells. No, just do what you're supposed to do and treat everybody fair. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's unfortunate. Uh, it's unfortunate that I finally got the respect that I needed or I deserved after I had to act a fool. You know what I mean? Right. I had to act before. I couldn't just, I couldn't be that soldier. I couldn't just be that one to sit up there and like, okay, hey, I'm respect, you know, I'm respect you, I'm respect you, I'm respect you. Or I'm, you know, or hey, I'm the infrared, you know, I, I can take it, I can take it, I can take it. But it took me having to act a fool for you guys to respect me. Right. But yeah, it is kind of sad that you have to act real crazy and basically come out of character exactly. to get any respect or get people yeah. to be like, because that that was the first time I requested masks in the military and I had already I was on my second enlistment and after that like the entire schoolhouse respected me because they was like well usually people talk about it I don't do that <laughs> I don't talk about <laughs> that. when I, I I may talk about it but I'm actually going to do the thing I'm talking about so if I say I'm a request mask I'm requesting masks you're going to get it the same day even if it's like 7 p.m at night in your inbox in the morning when you get in you're gonna see that i sent it last night like i don't be playing with y'all like people play too much and then they try to make your life hard and they expect you to just take it i don't know where they get that from <laughs> but it's like it's, it's the it's and it's almost like you know the culture like i said before going back to you know being an infantryman uh i know people experience vary but you know i know one thing that you know, it was like, hey, you guys are supposed to be the core, you know, the military, you're supposed to be the heart, you're supposed to be the toughest and stuff like that. So mentally, uh, you, you know, you're kind of being mentally brainwashed to believe that you have to take this abuse. Right. You know I mean? And like I said before, I already have my own uh, problems feeling like, hey, you know, like I hear it, I hear them talk about it, or it's been brought to my attention that you know, such and such, like, I don't know why that N-words, you know, 
You know what I mean? Is it is it is in the you know what I'm saying infantry? You should go be a mechanic or a cook or something. You know, it's stuff like that that has gotten back to me. Or being amongst uh, you know my battles and and them not knowing about my sexuality and and hearing just listening to some of the stuff they say or their uh, their views on, on different things. Uh, like I said, they didn't know, so you know, of course, they felt okay to talk about it around me. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's uh, so I'm hearing this, and I'm, and I'm like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, wow. And and like, the people that's supposed to have my back, uh, and the people that I'm, that you're supposed to trust, or, or you know, um, those are the same ones that you know, just full of hate. You know what I mean? Because they have no idea. But anyway, and like I said before, it, that that also too, like I said, discouraged me from seeking any type of help. Is the fact that like if I did that, then I'm, they might be proving them right. Right. And that's one of the worst things the military has got to do better about. Like I get teaching us to be so-called tough or whatever, yeah. or be war fighters. Cause that's what we're all supposed to be. But like, if you're going to do that, you also should have mental health, like at the top tier. Cause you can't be this tough warfighter person if you're not able to take care of that, to be honest. And I mean, I don't know how many times I have tried Ooh, to yeah. express to my command that I needed some mental health and they either stabbed me in the back or tried to put me on a deployment. I'm trying to see how that is the solution. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, yeah, if you seek mental health, then, oh, he's unstable or she's unstable. Or this person's unstable when this, you know, that's or not the case. Or yeah. weak or soft. Exactly. And, exactly. And I've heard that crap exactly. too many times, and it's just not true. I remember going to my command, which, matter of fact, they already knew, but me coming to talk to them should have been like, hey, okay, we respect that. I told them, so I had just lost my pregnancy of twins. I went to them and I said, I'm going to need like some time mental health wise, and I need some help. <laughs> it's like so <laughs> stupid with how they responded number one they found the first man and doc they could find and put my name on it i said so i came back the next day and they're like oh you're gonna go to this unit because you're gonna be deploying i'm like why is this the answer like why is, why and so they, they really did send me me and another girl same issue with her you know mm. she's a totally different race but they like sent us put us on the man and doc and we like is they slow like you know and I have to say that slang like that is they slow so you know mm -hmm. and I had to I basically had to go outside of both my command and the deployment command to talk to a first sergeant who just happened to be passing by but I'm bold like that I do I don't care <laughs> so and I'm talking to him so I'm like what was I I was a lance corporal E3 and I'm talking to a first sergeant mm -hmm. so E8 I I'm telling him I'm having this issue. And I was like, I, I told my command and I had this record book, this green record book that a lot of military people have. And I wrote down every conversation, what people were there, what time it was, you know, what was like, what was happening at that time. I mean, we all had on cami. So, I mean, I couldn't say like really what we were wearing, we had on cami, you know, and I was like, on this day, this is what happened. And I, led up to all the events and him and a lieutenant actually got me back to my my command and when I got there they tried to give me a page 11 and none rec for promotion because they say I didn't communicate to them I was like how did I communicate to you y'all the first people I told right I'm to here to see you after something like this happens so I'm trying to see how I didn't tell you and you know what I did? <laughs> I wrote a rebuttal to that. But outside of my company, I talked to the battalion, Sergeant Major and CO. Because again, I'm just not scared. I ain't scared of these people. Like, okay, meet me in, meet me in the tree line, for real. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't want to see me. <laughs> but, you know, people really will try to ruin you and like walk all over you if you let them. And the reason why 
I am the way I am. And I was the way I was in the military is because it's not just about me. What if somebody behind me who's not as strong as me, you know, come through and have that same issue? They'd be like, you know what? I remember, I remember Lucas and I remember she did X, Y, and Z. And this is how she got past whatever this is, you know, regardless of their race or gender. So it wasn't just about me. Yep, I'm a request mask for this. And I'm sure going to counsel my Marines on requesting masks. Ask Janice. You know Janice. (laughs) (laughs) I will tell you, request masks. Request masks all day long. Because if you don't, they're going to try to pull one over on you or ruin your career. And you have to do what's best for you at the end of the day. That's true. I mean, you know, like I said, knowing knowing that now, of course, you know what I mean? Um, knowing that now, but, if, you know, like I said, when I went in, I was 19, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I was raised, uh, my mother primarily raised me. So it was like, you know, you, you do what you told, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and, you know, but she would never, you know, tell me anything wrong, you know what I mean? And, you know, like I said, I had that same uh, thought process going into the military. You hear about it, you know, you're like, oh, you know, honest, you know what I mean? You know, the seven course, you, you, I took that seriously, you know what I mean? Right? The, yeah. the, the values, you know, I took that seriously. I'm like, okay, you know, this is what I want, especially doing JROTC. I'm like, hey, you know, uh, and I always felt like I had that leadership mentality growing up. You know, I'm a Leo. So, you know, I always felt like, you know, even now to this day, you know, I can go into a, a different work environment. If I feel like people are not operate i would take control you know what i'm saying if everybody's like oh i'll be like no okay hey let's let's try this let's do this you know what i mean um listen and uh you know and that's that's what um ultimately led me to just trying to start my own business mm-hmm. you know what i mean um try to start my own business for multiple reasons um as you know when you're in the military you don't really discuss all the stuff that's going on as far as like you you know you don't seek mental health or if you hurt you know you you keep pushing because that's what they tell yeah. you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, um, and you know, like if you don't, um, excuse me, sorry. Go. All right. I, you know, so when you go to, when you try to seek help, you know, injuries or anything like that, you know, uh, you go to sick call, they say, Hey, we got this stuff in place for you to utilize, you know, but then you also get, penalized for using it it's like a subliminal message to self-medicate uh you go to go help and then hey now you was called a broke you know what i mean that's what we call them we call them broke you know what i mean so it means you're no good to them to your platoon to your people you're no good so you don't get recommend for promotions you don't get put in for you know what i mean they gonna be like oh well we're gonna put you on uh garden ammo and 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 you know, 90 degree weather and full and full, full battle rattle. Um, right. <laughs> exactly. So you don't, you don't want that. You don't want that. That's not what you like. That doesn't make you a soldier. That doesn't make you, you don't feel useful. So then you, you, mm-hmm. you push through it, you push through it, you do all that. Um, so what about when you get out of the military? <laughs> you know what I mean? You get out of the military, you have all these issues, you have all these problems. And uh, one of my biggest things was, you know, PTSD and, 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 and sleep. I could not sleep to save my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead of my command, my leadership saying, hey, uh, Barnhart, what's going on? Let's try to get you uh, on the right medication or the right step of therapy to, you know, so you can sleep, so you can be a productive soldier, you know. Uh, but instead, I would always get in trouble. And I would tell them, like, hey, look, I'm not sleeping. I'm staying up for what seems like days. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I get to hallucinating, um, you know, and I'm having a hard time, you know, making it work. And for everybody else, I've noticed that they sit up there and, and they'd be like, oh, OK, we're going to write this person a waiver. This person gets a waiver. And, you know, so if they late, it's no big deal. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, However, I come late, and it's not even me being late. I was late to being 45 minutes early because you already know it uh, crap rolls downhill. So, you know what I mean? I get it. So, the East Bro, like, oh, well, if I got to be 30 minutes early, I want you to be 45 minutes early. Why do I got to be 45 minutes early just to sit in the locker room? 
You know what I mean? The and then you go to now have locker rooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's funny. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, so, so you giving me, you put me on a negative, uh, write me up on a counselor statement for being late to a 45 minute early. You know what I'm saying? Where to being 45 minutes early so that, hey, I come 30 minutes. I'm still in time before formation starts. But you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, it's like you're attacking me for these issues that I'm having and not being a leader, not being that leader. Per- hey, what's going on? If I'm your subordinate, I'm your, I'm your, I'm your responsibility. So if I'm your responsibility, you know, it's your job to teach me. It's your job to lead. You know what I mean? It's your job to understand your soldiers, your subordinates or whatever. You know what I mean? That's your job. You can't sit up there and say, oh, it's not black and white in the military. There is no black and white line. There is, hey, you know, I this your life's on the line you know what i mean right. you're preparing people to be soldiers it's not just you're not in the five job mm-hmm. you know what i mean uh so yeah. going on to that so you know i get out of the military i'm still having these sleep issues i'm still having um you know these anxiety these anxiety these panic attacks sorry mm-hmm. and anxiety and stuff like that i'm having a hard time adjusting to being in the crowds um you know i'm Seriously. having a, I so feel you. And uh, so I didn't start getting the help I needed until I got out of the military. But anyway, you know, I'm jumping everywhere. But this is the main point that I want to say. Um, I was on a waiting list for Hawaii. We had just got back from uh, deployment. And uh, I was within my last year of, uh, you know, my contract. So I'm in, you know. At six months or six or seven months, I think that's when you can do your reenlistment, right? So, you know, we come back from deployment. Um, everything's trying to, you know, everybody's trying to adjust to, you know, the garrison lifestyle again. Um, so, you know, I finally get on the waiting list for Hawaii. You know, first of all, it took my command forever to sign the paper. Uh, it was just sitting on on his desk, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just sitting on his desk as if they was trying to buy themselves some time. But anyway, so you got to sign up for ACAP like nine months or something like that before your contract ends, which makes no sense. My window to reenlist, you know what I mean, is is outside of ACAP, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, those of you who don't know what ACAP is, is it, you know, uh, I forgot the abbreviation for it, but pretty much it's a class that they're supposed to give you to help you transition from uh, the military to civilian world. But as we all know, that's just them checking the box because it really is not, you know. <laughs> so, it's not really legit is what he's trying to say. You know, I think he's being real nice and modest, but yeah, it's like TAPS, you know, which is like the transition assistant program uh, or assistant program but it really don't teach you anything but mm-hmm. how to get a job and maybe how to apply for benefits otherwise yeah. I mean it don't tell you about family reintegrating if you like were like me you know mm-hmm. we're dual military so we're transitioning with our kids you know me first they don't teach you none of that. And they don't teach you really how to be out there and be an entrepreneur. I know they got boots to business, but eh, it, it ain't great. It's something, but it ain't the real deal, I would say. And also they don't tell you about insurance, whether that be life insurance, health insurance, dental insurance, any yeah. type of insurance. They don't tell you none of that or how to apply, what to do. They're just counting on that maybe you'll get benefits from the VA and not everybody does. So they don't, they don't tell you the backup plan. They don't tell you any of that. They basically say, oh, here's how to get a job. Oh, here's a job fair. And that's kind of it. They don't, there's no, there's nobody in there talking about mental health, which should be the very class. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And then not only that, like these transitions or these debriefings are, it's just somebody talking that does not, there's something that takes time. You know what I mean? It is something that, that happens over time. You're transitioning. Uh, the word transition is to change you. You know what I mean? 
to, yeah. you know, and, and, and you can't just, you know, it took you, you know, all this time for you to make me the soldier that I am and all this training and basic training, you know what I mean? I did eight months in basic training and now you're telling me that within this week, you're, you're going to give me a class that's supposed to help me tra transition yeah. back into the civilian world, you know? Right. And, and just with some of the stuff that they t teach and don't teach, like, my spouse didn't come with me because, I mean, he's military. He know. So, but for the civilian spouses that were there, I was just, they were like, so what we learning? I was like, I don't know what y'all supposed to be learning because I ain't about to do none of that stuff they talking about. <laughs> you know, I always knew I was going to be transitioning to be an entrepreneur. I wasn't about to go work for whatever police department or whatever else they were talking about. I was never going to do, do any of that stuff. Now I went in there and talked to them. But I was not in a suit like everybody else. I this is what I had on. I had um jeans, a t-shirt, and like a blazer. And I walked in there and I was just chatting it up with people. And they were like, So you didn't apply for a job? No, I'm not even <laughs> here for that. I was like, I just came by because y'all were like still here, you know. And I was like, I just guess I was just chilling like I was back on the block or something. But you right. know, I was like, no, I already know what I want to do, and I know that's hard for a lot of people, but right. for me. I know I'm personally working on how I can get in those classes to teach something other than how to get a job and how to get benefits. Hey friends, let me tell you about this amazing challenge I have that will help you cultivate resilience in your military marriage. Military marriages are unique in the fact that they are resilient and optimistic. However, many married troops and their spouses have confessed that they don't feel resilient, nor do they feel optimistic. They've also confessed that they have no idea really how to get there. This three-day resilience challenge will help you cultivate resilience, but it'll also help you have more fun in your marriage and connect on a deeper level. So if you're interested in joining me and many other couples on this three-day challenge, go to bit.ly slash three R-M-M-C. That's bit, B-I-T dot L-Y slash the number three R-M-M-C. To sign up for this challenge. So these ACAP appoint uh, these ACAPs are supposed to be uh, voluntary, you know. But if, as you already know, everything is voluntold. <laughs> <laughs> everything is voluntold, uh, you know, because they didn't have enough people signing up for the classes. The government's paying all this money for it. And like we want people in these classes, or you know, you got the you know politics, like oh, you know. You're not helping these trolls soldiers transitions. Okay, we're gonna put in this program. Like I said again, checking the box. Uh, so I'm on the waiting list for Hawaii. Uh, but prior to that, I had to sign up for these ACAP appointments. So what I did was I scheduled all my appointments outside of my reenlistment window because I was going to get my paperwork and say, "Hey, here's my paperwork. Take me out of these classes." You know what I mean? And uh, so, like I said, it took them forever to sign the paperwork. I had to sign up for these ACAP classes. The counselor had scheduled me one of the appointments, and I wasn't aware of it. You know what I mean? Uh, so, finally, they signed my, my, my paperwork um, for my reenlistment. I'm happy. You know, I'm kind of gloating. You know, you can't be happy in the military. There's always somebody trying to kill your joy. <laughs> but that is like know, a going theme uh, right there. Somebody yeah. always trying to kill you, Joy. Oh, somebody exactly. said laugh, right? Be happy. <laughs> exactly. What you had before. Life ain't, you know, life ain't fun. Arr. But anyway, <laughs> um, so you know, I'm happy, I'm excited. I'm like, yo, I'm finally gonna be able to 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 get out of this, you try to get a better experience because you know, your experience in the military varies, everything is not the same, you know. Um mm -hmm. So I was happy to, you know, and Hawaii was dream place. And uh, I was excited for that. You know what I mean? And um, so anyway, they decided that they want to give me an Article 15 for missing ACAP appointments. Now, what they did was this is their way of giving me the big green fist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh you're going to give me, so you gave everybody, everybody in my platoon who missed appointments, you gave them a waiver or something like that. You know, you wrote them a waiver. Oh, they was here to train and they was this right there. You guys knew I didn't schedule this appointment. I told you what my appointment days were. 
You know what I mean? I told you what I was trying to do. You know what I mean? Uh, and then they, you know, put me in as for this article 15. I tried to reach out to the counselor, uh, but she had got fired. You know what I mean? Like, I can't make this up. I'm not playing the woe is me card, but I can't make this I know. up. Right. And she had got fired. So I couldn't even, you know, use her as a witness or get a statement from her. I had got a statement from, you know, one of the, one of the NCOs there that he was really, really cool, but they just, whatever. Um, so they gave me this article 15 that took me off of, you know, any reenlistment, of course, you know what I mean? That was the red flag. Um, I didn't lose any pay. I didn't lose any rank, but they made me, you know, they put me on extra duty, but really this was just their way of, you know, getting me to end it. I think, uh, and I still remember what my LT said, he was like, uh, so many people are missing appointments. So we're going to make an example out of you. I was like, wow. And uh, so you're going to make an example out of me, but not the 15 people before me who exactly. did the exact same thing. Exactly. Exactly. You're going to make an example out of the only black person in your platoon. And I'm on a waiting list for a while. So you know that this Article 15 is going to destroy me. So anyway, and then on top of that, they waited until, uh, until I had about six months left to actually serve me with the article 15. So that way, even after I finished my extra duty, you know, the 30 days that they put me on, oh no, 45 days that they put me on, even after I finished that, I'll be too close to my getting out date and can't reenlist, right? right? So that happened and like, again, you know, this is only a year after being back from deployment. This is only one year after being back, within that one year being back from deployment. So, you know, I was devastated. Um, and like, like I said, my drinking picked up really, really bad. Uh, and then I had got a DUI. So I got my first, uh, you know, I got my first DUI December 15th. Um, so they couldn't do any, they didn't do anything cause they had went out. Uh, I forgot what happened, but they didn't do anything. Right. They was just mad. They tried to, uh, uh, you know, kick me out. Uh, two months later, I ended up getting another DUI, uh, you know, February 14, uh, 2014, I ended up getting another DUI. So this is two DUIs back to back. And uh, it was funny because within that time, we had ended up getting a black E6 that had joined the platoon and uh, another black E4. Um, and I was an E4 as well. But, you know, so they saw what was going on and they stood up for me. You know what I mean? I had other people standing, you know, because I told him, I was like, man, this has been going on. And X, Y, and he, and he saw it. And he was like, so he, he took, you know, he, he took up for me. And I respect him, but he didn't know me. But he was like, no, it's a, one day he's doing X, Y, Z because all this stuff was going on. And then around the time, too, we had uh, some of the, you know, uh, leadership transitioning out. So uh, some of the people I was in platoon when they was leaving, getting out, and then we had new people coming in. Um, so that kind of helped, too. But anyway, um, so after I got that second one, they tried to give me but a feel great. <laughs> they tried to give me but a feel great. And as I was talking about earlier uh, in the conversation, that's when I was like, you know what, I stood up for myself then. Um, and then that's when I just let them have it. That's when I, you know, act a fool. Like I was like, look, y'all yeah, been doing, I told them everything that was going on and, and how I've been feeling the, the discrimination since I got to the platoon, you know, and this and this and X, Y, Z. And then that's when they want to listen. You want to listen when I act like an N-word. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, but anyway, and I learned something that day. I learned something about standing up for myself. Right. I learned something about uh, that I can still be a good soldier without letting people abuse their power. Right. And you know? I know it's it's one of those things where it doesn't come as naturally for everybody else because, or for everybody, because everybody's different. Mm -hmm. There are some times where I really, really, really wanted to say something because that's just who I am. And, <laughs> and you know, yeah. it, it'd be hilarious to me when people was like, Oh, I thought you were like quiet and mm -hmm. like sweet and gentle. It's like, none of those describe me at all. <laughs> you know? And it's like, yeah. If you see me being quiet, it's because I'm observing. 
It's right. not because I am quiet. It's because I'm watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget being the target of this group of white NCOs and staff NCOs. I was a corporal. They knew I was going to get promoted to sergeant, number one, because I was working hard at it so I can go be an officer. And they, when I tell you they tried to make my life miserable, they really did. They were not prepared for the response they got. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, I know a lot of people because I'm not afraid to go talk to people no matter what their rank is and no matter what their race is or gender. So I knew a lot of people. I knew a lot of higher ups and I connect with people in a different way. So I'll never forget all those sergeants and that those two staff sergeants that was trying to make my life like really, really miserable. This black master sergeant, I simply just, I think I walked by his office twice. I didn't say anything. I wasn't even thinking of going in there. And he just said, come in here, Lucas. And so I came in there and he was like, so what's basically, he didn't say these words, but he was like, what's the tea today? And so I told him, I was like, well, this is what's going on outside. If you want to really know. <laughs> and because there were, there were two female sergeants who always singled me out. Now they favored all the white people because they were white, you know, and they were targeting me. And I guess they thought, oh, it's two of us and one of her. So we'll, we'll make her life miserable and difficult. They weren't accounting for the fact that I knew the master sergeant and I knew the staff sergeant who outranked both of them and me. And I could tell them this. I never really had to request masks in those situations because I could go to them, tell them that these things are unfair. And also if I felt like they weren't doing anything, I would remind them that they have that rank because they wanted to change stuff. And if that's not why you got that rank, then I'm going to need you to not be over here, not be in my way, because I'm going to pass you every time and go straight <laughs> to the master sergeant or yeah. whoever, yeah. because it's just not fair. And I feel like, oh, when I when I became a sergeant, oh, let's just say that was a different, different ballgame, you know, because there's a lot of stuff I see and I notice and I may not say anything right away, but mm. Like I told you, I have that record book. People be, be, I know people be nervous and on edge when they see me writing there. And I'm not always writing bad things. Most of the time it's good things that I see and I notice. But when it's bad, if I'm there, I probably got it on record. And that's not just to be malicious. That's to protect me and those who are under my yeah. charge. Yeah. You and know? That's, that's, I think that's what needs to be promoted to uh like hopefully you get the chance to get that class to promote, hey, keep a record book, you know, or keep something so you can know what's going on. Because the thing about this is like, you know, I, I didn't have this proof. You know what I mean? I just took the views, but I didn't have this proof that X, Y, Z happened. So it was hard to make a case. Uh, but like I said before, I guess when they say, hey, I was serious and I do, you know, have examples, you know, then I guess like, that's when they, you know, change it up. Um. But one thing I want to say to that, though, is I didn't always have one. Higher ups taught me to have one. And I'm like a one and done person. You you'll get me one time. You ain't going to get me a second time. Mm -hmm. You you ain't going to get me a second time. There was one instance where I couldn't prove my case. I was totally right. But because everybody liked this little staff sergeant. They believed him over me. And I was like, y'all gonna get enough of believing rank because people be crazy and get yeah. rank and they yeah. just be malicious. And yeah. here y'all are believing them because they got rank because the military trusted them to promote them. So they must right. be right. You right. know, like, right. How, right. how does that make sense? A wait, serial wait. killer can join the yes. military and get all the way up to major yes. and then kill his whole platoon yes yes they're not not only that we all know they is pt score you know what i mean like and it's the strong soldier is the one that that's the leader but have no leadership skill absolutely none whatsoever my pt store was good but no leadership skills whatsoever but because they have a 300 and extended uh pt score then they that makes them a good leader yo they motivated and they can run real fast so they're great 
for yeah. this rank right here. Exactly. They'll make a great NCO or staff exactly. NCO. It's like, are y'all serious right now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was the fast. I was the fastest gunner on my platoon. Like that's you know my job was uh, like I said I was infantry, but I was um, eleven Charlie. So I was indirect fire mortarman. Uh, that was my you know primary job, and you know the 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 it's important to be able to get that gun up. <laughs> you know what I mean. And uh, so I was a gunner. I was the fastest gunner, and you know, and uh, just you know, it, that's not what's praise. It's not praise that you know your job. You know what I'm saying? Or how to perform your job. Oh, another thing too that bothered me is, you know, because someone can um, quote something from a book, they don't understand it, but they can quote it. Right. So they're smart. The Bible included. I yeah. just want to say that. Yeah. So so. They the smart ones. Oh, they're so smart. They're so intelligent. Don't know their job, but excuse me. Don't know their job, but you can quote uh, uh, something out of it. You know what I mean? That doesn't make you smart. That doesn't make you a leader. That doesn't. You don't even under. You got to understand your job. You know what I mean? I, I understood my job. I did my job very very well. But you, everybody, you're looking at the wrong qualities. You're looking at the wrong things. But anyway, right. um, so yeah, so. <laughs> So, um, cause I know I'm probably getting off track. I know I didn't bounce all over the place. Uh, so sorry. Let's no, this is good. This is good. That's, <laughs> that's why this um, podcast exists. That's what we're doing. You, you in a free space and you can express yourself. Go ahead. I'm listening. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so, you know, um, after I got my DUIs, they tried to get me this field grade off of 15. I stood up for myself. Um, you know, which was, you know, I was terrified. <laughs> you know I, mean? I was terrified. I'm in the room with captains and, uh, and they stand at parade rest. No, <laughs> you know, no, I'm just, I'm going off anyway. Um, so what they did was, um, afterwards, like I had not, I hadn't got proven guilty in the courts. So what they did was they just kind of let me be, you know what I mean? They was like, hey, you know what? He got four months left. Let's just let him be. Like I said, then that's when the E6 came in. You know, he stood up for me and stuff like that. So they just, they let me be. So the last four months of my military career, um, I had went into a 30-day inpatient treatment. My, my, my mindset at the time was, I got to make myself look good. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm in a lot of troubles. I got to make myself look good. I got to buy myself some time. So I went into this 30-day inpatient treatment. Uh, you know, magically they granted, you know what I mean, which was great. Um, so when I was in there, I, 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 you know, I didn't think I had a drinking problem. Uh, I still don't believe I had a drinking problem. I drank because that was the culture, you know what I mean? And I just got in trouble. But I learned from my mistake and I learned some different things. And one of the things that uh, I learned was, you know, they was like, well, what, what, let's try to get to the main root of the issue of why you drink mm -hmm. and uh, drink excessively. And I used to drink to sleep. I used to drink to get through the day because of all the stuff that was going on. I would drink for pain because I was constantly in pain with, you know, stomach pains, uh, you know, back pains, et cetera. Um, and, you know, I had all these fractures that I didn't know about until after I got out. But so I learned that, okay, you know what? my root was my excessive drinking to try to get back to the person that I used to be or like being that person I was before the military, being a free spirited person and then changing, um, you know, trying to change from a soldier uh, to a civilian. So, uh, but like I said, it was just a joke. I wasn't really even going to stop drinking. I was like, I said, whatever, I'm not going to stop drinking. But I think what made me stop drinking and because um, I'm a stubborn little person. <laughs> one of the counselors said that it is physically impossible to stop drinking without AA. And that made me mad. <laughs> that, that made me mad. And that, so I was like, you know what? I set out to prove him wrong. And so far I'm winning seven years later. <laughs> um so then yeah so i get out of the military uh and i still have these issues i still have these issues that haven't been addressed i still have these sleep issues i still have these pain issues so it made it hard to you know i could get a job getting a job was not hard at all i got a job i always got a job and how to talk to people 
but sometimes I would oversleep. You know, I was still having these sleep problems. I was still having all these problems and, and mood problems um, that I had getting out of the military and now into the, you know, workforce. And, you know, like I would express this to my employer prior to getting hired. And of course they're like, oh yeah, it's no problem. But when they actually see it, you know, then and I used to go above and beyond because I was always grateful to even, you know, have a job. So I would go above and beyond and still had that soldier mentality too. And, uh, you know, and I would, I did a concierge service and then, you know, I was, I was getting good reports. I was, um, you know, on top of stuff The the, the residents loved me. Uh, and you know, the owner, she, you know, she loved me too, uh, because I was making her money, of course, you know what I mean? And, um, but, you know, like I would come late sometimes and I understand the importance of, you know, it was a small business. I understand the importance of being on time and, you know, not being on time would give me anxiety. You know what I mean? Like I always, and I always showed up like an hour early, you know what I mean? So for them to, for me to get punished for something that you guys know is not out of, that's out of my norm, you know what I'm saying? And I'm getting punished for this after I already told you to in the beginning that these are the issues that I'm having. You know what I mean? But then it all falls down to, oh, it's about the business. It's the business. The business. It's a business. It's a business. That's all I hear. It's a business. <laughs> they even um, say that in the military. It's business, not personal. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, that was an ongoing, that was an ongoing issue. Uh, even to this day, you know, sometimes I would still come, you know, come late from oversleeping or not sleeping at all. You know what I mean? And, uh, or hallucinating, you know, or being in so much pain, um, stomach pains. Like I haven't been diagnosed with Crohn's, but I'm in a, you know, I have a family history of it and, you know, they run in tests now to try to figure it out. Um, so I was like, you know what? I want to create a business to where you can feel okay to have mental health issues or have chronic illness. Like your chronic illness and your mental health doesn't define you. You know what I mean? Um, and I stopped, you know, I've, I've been sober now because I picked up woodworking and the, the creativity. I see myself getting back to that person that I once was because I've been in the ring with, with myself for so long. You know what I mean? Um, trying to get back to that person I once was. And like I said, I used to, when I drink, that's the person I was. I loved it, but I haven't drank. So I had to find myself again without the use of alcohol. And um, I love helping people. You know what I mean? And I, I created American Woodpicks. And, you know, the, uh, the slogan that I have for it is uh, my battles are fought in silence, but my war cry can be heard through talent. Oh, I love that. I love <laughs> that so much. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's kind of self-explanatory, but they're going into deeper about it. You know what I mean? We all go through issues. We all go through this depression. We all have uh, mental health days and uh, traditional companies. It's not an excuse. You know, you have to make up an excuse and, and then you have to follow up with that excuse. So you're, 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 you have to lie. You know what I mean? Because having a mental health day is just not acceptable. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, uh, been through so much pain to where you can't get up you know what I mean and that's not being acceptable so I want to create a business that where that is acceptable you can have those mental health days you can have those days when you end pain you know what I mean you can have those days where your health is important take care of your health not just saying it right. not just saying it really take care of your health turn your Turn your struggles, turn your pain into art. You know what I mean? Um, when, when, when people have contacted me and I've done projects with people and I listen to their story and I help them to really, because I, I, you know, I get personal. You know what I mean? I get, I get personal. I try to connect with them because I want this to be, um, you know, a creative thing to be, you know, I, I think that, Creative arts can take can reduce suicide. I believe that it can reduce substance abuse. You know what I mean? I do believe that it can can reduce a lot of those things because you know it gives you purpose. 
know, and I think that's what we need. That's what I'm fighting for. I'm fighting for that purpose right now. I'm trying to find myself again. I'm trying to find that purpose where I'm not letting my sexuality keep me from uh, putting myself out there, you know, or right. fear of being judged. I'm not uh, taken back from saying, hey, this is a black owned business because, you know, I'm proud of who I am. You know what I mean? I, you know, I'm putting myself like, hey, I got these issues. I have mental health. I have chronic illness. You know what I mean? But I'm still pushing. I'm right. still pushing because this is what I want. And this is what I believe that I can give back to other people. And also too, like, it ain't gotta be something that you like plaster on your shirt when you walk around. I mean, yeah, I don't do that, <laughs> you know? So it's <laughs> I, like, it right. would be kind of strange for you to have to do something like that. You know, I, I feel like people always want somebody else to be like real transparent without being transparent themselves. And it's like, okay, you're not, this is like invite only. So this space like around here is invite only. And if I haven't invited you here, you don't need to know many things about me. You don't need to know my personal nothing, you know, not unless I have invited you into that particular space. Like, I mean, like for me, like everybody usually knows that I'm a Christian, all my friends, they know, you know, random people. I don't know what they assume. I don't know. Cause I really kind of don't care, <laughs> but you know, ain't no telling, but people have mistaked me for being all types of things. And it's like, well, if that's what blows your skirt up. <laughs> hey. Well, um, I, I, I talk about it too. It's more of a, as more of an empowerment uh, to, to right. other people. Like I say, because like some of these mental health issues, uh, especially that I face, does have a lot of way, has a lot to do with the way I was treated. You know, like I know a lot of military people, my business, uh, you know, especially if I'm saying, hey, I'm a veteran. And I don't, I never really actually talked about it because like you said, you know, you want to keep it in your circle. It doesn't need to be talked about, right? It doesn't need to be talked about. Though who cares, right? Who cares? But then it's almost you like- want to. Right. But that is almost like, you know, okay, um, you have these people, you know, I, at the same time, it's like, am I really being authentic, though? I have friends who don't know about me. Right. And is, am I being authentic enough to even call them a friend? Because being a friend is, you know, that person. But am I being authentic if I'm not really, hey, this is what it is. You know what I mean? Because you, you study talking to me about girls. <laughs> you know what I'm saying or you know and, and I'm like so I got to entertain this you know what I mean like uh so so is, am I really being authentic and that's why I am talking about it today because and I'm one of the things I want to say to that in regards to relationships is sometimes you're and all of us are doing this whether it be marriage friendship dating courting whatever even in parenting, because that's a relationship too. But you're kind of like testing the waters because, mm-hmm. you you know, I don't do this. I feel like most people don't. I don't just meet you for the first time and say, hey, I'm this or, you know, or, of course, of I, you course. know, whatever, whatever it is, you know. So it's kind of like I need to see if we're really going to be for real friends because, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna say ain't nothing more painful than realizing you're somebody's friend but they're not your friend exactly like exactly. there's nothing more painful than that and I'd be lying if I said that I didn't experience that you know I am a Christian and I can be friends with anybody I want to be friends with because I don't have to treat you like the gum on the bottom of my shoe because my views are different from you I'm still gonna love you you still gonna be my friend we still gonna kick it I remember um one one of one of the junior marines I knew she wasn't really in my section but she like always drew to me because she asked me one time she said so are you like one of those believers she basically said are you one of those believers that like carry like torches and pickforks and I was like no how would I even be able to join the military if I was like that like that makes no sense you know and I was like no I'm not like that and if I was I would not be talking to you like in close proximity right now I said for me it ain't about that my views are my views your views are your views we're gonna go to work tomorrow we're gonna talk we're gonna laugh we're gonna high five 
And mm-hmm. honestly, I never would have known about you if you not if you had never like invited me into that personal space. And I feel like you gave me a level of trust inviting me there. So I'm not gonna like stab you in the back by number one, telling everybody I know, or number two, making you feel some kind of way for your personal preferences, whether I agree with it or not. I mean, yeah, you know, it. like I've, I've lost, you know, I've lost friends. I've had people, you know, uh, look at me differently and stuff like that. And it's not, it's not, you know, it doesn't make me feel any better. You know what I mean? It, 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 it makes you hate you. And I know it's a lot of people too who, who deal with this. I know it's a lot of people who have right. the same problem or feel like that. The thing is my fear today is being myself. That's, that's the fear that I'm trying to accomplish and I'm talking to you about today. It's to be in myself, to be authentic because that's the person I was before the military. You know what I mean? Uh, that free-spirited person. And it was, I don't, you know, like me or hate me, I don't care. This is what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like feeling like that I have to be um, this whole nother different person in order to adapt into environment. You know what I mean? And this is like, you know, and I, was challenging myself with it because like hey this is what i want since childhood this is what i wanted to be i wanted to be a soldier you know what i mean and i was a good soldier um but at a cost yeah at a big cost you know what i mean and like i said before my battle was with you know when i drink and i was that person so it was like hey it was like now i gotta find that person again without the use of alcohol and that's where the creativity comes in place and that's where like hey being authentic like this is what it is again this is what it is this is my goal this is my mission and um i don't need to be judged by that you know what i'm saying and even when this does become something big and i start getting you know uh you know other employees and 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 whatnot they don't need you know i don't need them being judged or my oh hey the owner's gay so we we don't want to associate with this business like no you know what i'm saying like this 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 business go beyond of who i am as a person you know what i mean this business goes uh to help people and my mission is to give back you know what i'm saying there are issues going on i'm just expressing my mental health issues but there are other different mental health issues that people face you know so that's why I want people to, um, you know, keep in mind if you listen, and, you know. And, you know, as the military says, you always going to have one. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. It, it's a process. Yeah. Being authentic and rediscovering yourself is a process. It's yeah. not going to happen overnight. And number one, you making me feel old because she was like, you joined in like 2014. It's like, bro, how old am I? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I, I no. got out in 2014. Oh, oh, I got out that same year. But um, yeah, so, you know, it's a process and, you know, you have to make a decision and it's going to be a daily decision where it's like, you're going to get all of this. You're going to get all of this high energy, whatever, you know, Christian, down to earth, laid back. I'm going to love on you. You know, you ask me for my advice, I'm going to give it to you. I'm not going to give unsolicited opinions unless you ask for it or you like mm-hmm. right there in my close circle. They just get all of that. But they already <laughs> know that about me. So, you know, and people going to either want to work with me because they love me or they're not. And, you know, it's like, OK, I'm just not for you. I'm not going to change who I am because whatever you got going on, that's just never going to happen. So I'm just going to work on being me and being authentic. And, you know, like I said, it's daily because sometimes I'm like, Ugh, I don't even want to do nothing today. But you just got to dig deep sometimes because, I mean, there's people out there that need you. There's people out there that need you and they're waiting on you. And I know I heard that a lot. And it's like, man, ain't nobody looking for me. <laughs> so, you know. So, but, but in reality, the truth is that, you know, you have a gift, you have a gift to share with the world and don't hide that. Definitely don't hide that. And for all of you that are listening to don't hide your gift because somebody's going to need it. And not just one person, hundreds of thousands of people are going to need it, you know? So, and it may start small. It may start with one person, but eventually, like you said, it's going to grow and it's gonna blow up, as we say, and people are gonna be buying your your work or 
investing in the experience that you give people. So just keep that in mind. Um, so if there was one thing you can leave all the listeners with, what it would, what would it be? I uh, so it would be my my quote: "Your battles are fought in silence, but your war cry can be heard through challenge." So, you know, uh, keep pushing, keep pushing, and turn turn your struggles into art. Turn it into something beautiful. Um, you know, you can really help out someone else and give you that purpose again. Um, and the business again is American Woodpicks, P-I-C-S at the end dot com, uh, where you can find some of my work right now. Uh, I am accepting donations to try and help uh, with the material and stuff like that. Um, or you can uh, do something free by liking and sharing it and just check it out. You know. Awesome. So three things I want to leave you all with before we wrap this up is number one, standing up for yourself paves the way for others. I know a lot of people struggle with standing up for themselves I don't know how many times I've talked to people where that has been the challenge. And honestly, it starts with you and it starts with your mindset. And it's just a decision to say, you know what? I ain't about to take this crap. Just say it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, (laughs) because this ain't fair, this ain't right. And I know if it's happening to me, it's probably happening to someone else, or this person is going to go somewhere, somewhere else and do it to somebody else. So to prevent that, I'm going to say something now, you know, because this is just wrong. So standing up for yourself, it paves the way, not just for you, but for others who are coming behind you. Um, Number two, being authentic takes work. It does. It's a daily intentional thing where you're taking care of yourself, pouring into yourself, whether that's books you read, podcasts you listen to, things you even watch, whatever, things you do for yourself to make sure you're being just who you are. And like I said earlier, it's a process. And then number three, rediscovery is always going to happen. It's, it's always going to be a thing. It's not negative. It just means that you're growing and you're progressing. And so it's, it's needed and it's always going to happen every season, chapter, whatever you call that for your life and transition. So, you know, thank you all for tuning in on this episode and thank you, Andre, for coming on and gracing you us with your me. presence. You're welcome. And hopefully this won't be the last time you come up here and share something with us. So thank you all for listening. If you're interested in finding out more about me, the number one military marriage, family and relationship coach, you can go to www.teresaalexis.com or connect with me on social at Teresa Alexis Speaks on IG, Facebook and TikTok and T. Alexis Speaks on Clubhouse and Twitter. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe and activate notifications so you don't miss out on any new episodes that go live. I'm excited going forward by how this podcast will impact your life and cultivate a better you and a better marriage and family dynamic. Now go forth and be awesome.